0: Hello, Aludians. Welcome to Episode 5 of the All You Do Internal Podcast, a podcast created by Aludians and for Eludians. I'm your host, Stephanie Briggs, but you can also call me STIRT. Let's kick things off with your top news to use. Our very own CEO, Krista Quarles, was featured in Daily Business Now in a piece titled, Leading All You Can Do, where she discusses everything from Aludo's point of difference to her leadership style and what's up next for the company. Be sure to read it in the podcast description. A huge congratulations to our November brand battle winner, Birgit Burkhard, who shared her moving Aludo Volunteer Day story with us on the Brand Battle Teams channel. Birgit will receive a custom Vineyard Vines duffel bag from the Aludo Swag Store just in time for the holidays. Check out the Brand Battle Teams channel to see her story and all our incredible Aludians in action using their Aludo Volunteer Days. This is all linked in the podcast description. Don't forget to use your two Aludo volunteer days by the end of the year and share your photos on social with the hashtag Team Aludo to win 100 Aludo. Thank you for all you do for our communities worldwide. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Stay tuned. Details on our special edition holiday brand battle are coming soon. All right. For my favorite segment, going beyond with all you do, employee stories, I'm excited to announce our next Eludian guest and with Eludo for 11 years, Global Director, Product Marketing, Chris Pierce. Welcome, Chris, to Episode 5 of the All You Do internal podcast.
1: Thanks, Stephanie. It's very nice to be here today.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. It is great to have you. Why don't we kick things off by having you introduce your role at Aludo and how long you've been with Aludo.
1: My role at Aludo uh, is the Global Director of Product Marketing. I have been with the company for over 11 full years now. I started with the organization in project management. And then I moved into product management. And through product management, I worked on an array of different product portfolios. Eventually, I started to run the digital arts and photography portfolios. And then within the last year and a half, I have moved into the uh, product marketing organization. And we really helped shape that evolution of bringing product marketing into the marketing organization and drive it forward from
0: to what it is today. Thank you for sharing that, Chris. And I find it so interesting that there's so many different types of Eludians, right? There are your your veterans, there are new employees who have recently joined Eludo. In episode four, we spoke with Paul Legomsky, and he's also a veteran um, of Eludo. Can you talk a bit about the evolution over the uh, 11 years that you've been with the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it goes without saying that, uh, and I'm sure that almost everybody that you're going to talk to, or even all of the listeners here today, it's all about the people that we work with, right? That's what really makes us um, Eludians. And this evolution from um, Corel into Eludo has been an absolute monumental transformation. And it really, Eludo now represents who we are and who we have evolved to be. But yet the underlying people and um, the passion in behind who we were to who we are today has not changed under the, the new brand. We are still a people-first organization, and that is ever more prevalent now than, even, than it has been in the past. Um, there is absolutely an underlying passion for our company. Um, and it's a little bit difficult to de- to describe, actually. Um, but as you start to talk to individuals around the organization, you can really feel it, and it becomes very apparent that when you talk to the team members, the true passion that comes behind the work uh, that that everybody does here.
0: It almost sounds magical, not to be <laughs> not to be super extreme, but it does. <laughs> to say to say that it's difficult to describe makes it magical, and it makes me want to deep dive more into the internal uh, culture at Aludo. You also, in in some of your responses um, that you submitted over to me before we started our recording, you also mentioned something that goes along with that. You stated that the status quo is not in our company DNA. Can you elaborate on that statement? What what does that mean to you?
1: I'm pretty passionate about that in particular um, because I've been with the organization for so long and I've seen monumental changes and consistent changes and the business and the company shaping shaping and evolving over the years. The status quo just not being in our DNA uh, is, is true and it's super prevalent uh, across the organization. As the brand has evolved, as the products have evolved and modernized and as we have driven our users into um, the future of what desktop software is, I think it's really clear that uh, the acceptance from the employees and the acceptance from our customers is that, hey, we will not in fact be the status quo. We will always try our best to be on, you know, adopting and adapting with change. And as the market shifts and as our base shifts, uh, you know, everybody seems to be on board with that.
0: Let's talk a bit about some of the launches that you have participated in and been a part of over the 11 years at Aludo.
1: Oh my gosh, Uh, there's been so many. We have launched, at least I've participated in more than uh, 20 uh, individual launches, and, and two product launches and two of those launches were net new products into the market. And and also very different approaches when you look at how you introduce a net new product into the market versus a product that has um, some tenure in the market and some history in the market. Those two launch approaches are very different, equally as exciting I might add. But over, yeah, I think I, think I counted just before and it was 20 different product launches into the market over, over a six year span. Um, which is, you know, it, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, not just for me, of course, but for all of the teams involved, which goes back to sort of my my statement earlier around, it's it's all about the people that you work with. You know, when you're putting in that much energy and passion and time into getting these products to market, it would not be a very enjoyable process if not for the people and the support that we have in the organization.
0: That can make or break a company's culture overall. Currently, all of the Illudians I've interviewed thus far for this podcast, you are right, this passion, it it is a very strong passion that runs through and, um, and is expressed through every employee, whether they're new employees or veterans of Voludo, We're going to switch gears into a little bit about social responsibility. So you talked a bit about the Rooms to Read charity from back in 2020. I would love to deep dive more into uh, the details of that, how it came about,
1: all that good stuff. Thanks for this question. By the way, um, this one hits home very closely. This one for me is on a very personal level. When I look back at my career, Uh, when it's all said and done, this will be one of those accomplishments that really stands out. We partnered with an organization called Humble Bundle, uh, where we, uh, Humble Bundle also is a charity, uh, charity organization. And we partnered in and we actually... Humble Bundle hadn't partnered with Room to Read in the past, and so um, through our divisions here at Corel, we brought Room to Read into the Humble Bundle organization, and we started to we started to run a campaign, and that campaign actually generated over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars into charity, and over half of that went into uh, Room to Read. Room to Read is a really fantastic charity where they invest in children's education. They focus in on low income communities and help develop um, literacy skills to help succeed in school and negotiate different life decisions. And so this one was a really important one for me. And again, we generated over $250,000 through this program. Um, I still actually stay in contact with the coordinators uh, years later with the coordinators over at Rooms to Read. And so, you know, this one really, this one warms my heart. And I'm so grateful that um, Corel at the time, uh, obviously a Ludo now, was able to help orchestrate this program. We went through uh, a legal process to ensure that Rooms to Read was an appropriate um, charity to support. We've actually um, introduced a component of Rooms to Read where there is a, a donation uh, portion of uh, paychecks around the organization that we continue to donate to Rooms to Read. So um, certain individuals across the company continue to donate a percentage or a baseline dollar value back into Rooms to Read today. And so this um, charity is really resurrected in our um, in our culture here at uh, Aludo. So yeah, this this one really sticks with me and I think it always will.
0: I think it's so important to highlight initiatives like this, folks that are looking at, uh, at employers, right? They're now truly looking at not just healthcare benefits, not just pay, But now it is extending into social responsibility. And from an employee experience standpoint, that is pretty phenomenal that it has touched your heart. It has extended past your day-to-day work, right? It it really, it sounds like it it is very personal. And I think that's um, that's great that you shared it. So thank you. I'm going to switch gears a little bit now and get personal with you. Someone told me that you have a very interesting, now I say it's a hobby, you came back and said, It's not a hobby, it's just what we do, which is <laughs> even more interesting. So, why don't you tell the Eludians out there what I'm talking about? Or what is it that, uh, that is not really a hobby. It's just what you do. Honestly,
1: it is just what we do. And I think as uh, many Canadian listeners, uh, in particular those from the Valley, uh, will agree with this is, I, I will not be the only person in the company um, that makes maple syrup in the fall. And I know Becca is very interested interested in, in the subject as well. She's very intrigued by my maple syrup making and the pictures and the process that I've sent her. Um, but yes, every year we, we make, uh, my family uh, and I make maple syrup. We head out to the farm. It's actually a tremendously long process. It's about three weeks from start to finish. Um, and we start tapping all of the maple trees and uh, we create uh, gallons of or we g- generate Leaders, I should say, of maple syrup. What's really interesting about this is the the ratio, and I'm not sure that everybody knows the ratio, but it's uh, 40 gallons to one liter. So 40 gallons of sap will generate only one liter of syrup, and it is a long, tenuous process. But it, it's actually it's amazing because we're outside the whole time. We build sort of just this makeshift fire where we burn the sap down um and it's it's out you know we don't have we're not high tech about it right we we build a, a fire we build a wall out of cinder blocks and and we just put a grate over top of it and we just burn and we do it in shifts actually and so um we'll do it in two two-person shifts typically it's my wife and I uh, my wife Ashley and I will bring the kids out for a few hours and then um, probably five hours in, we'll shift out and let uh, the next two family members come in and run the fire and boil the maple syrup.
0: I can see why Becca is so interested in, and uh, fascinated <laughs> because being in the United States as well, I, yeah, that's just not something I've I've never met or spoken to anybody. <laughs> who makes maple syrup? However, <laughs> when I was a first grade teacher many, many moons ago, one of the books that we read in first grade with the first graders was Little House in the Big Woods, Laura Ingalls Wilder, that whole that whole uh, universe of Little House on the Prairie, all that good stuff. But Little House in the Big Woods, there's a whole... Chapter about how they make maple syrup. That whole chapter talks about how they would extract it from a tree trunk. That's literally what. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what
1: we do. So, so we have um, we have a combination of metal and plastic taps. And so you 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 burr a little hole into the uh, bark of the tree, and you jam it in, and then you you actually put the you hammer the tap into the tree. And then you attach a bucket. Uh, we have these sort of these custom buckets that you attach underneath it. You put a plastic lid over top, and you leave it, and you let the sap run out into these um, gallon pails. I forget how many trees we tapped this year. It's amazing how many, how much uh, sap you get out of one tree, though, if the temperature's right. Now it's it's very temperature dependent. And so that's there are, there are years where we have a better yield than others.
0: Uh, unfortunately, this year was not our best year. That is very cool. I just want to thank you again for your time today, for um, all of your wonderful insight and and all the passion that you have in our discussion. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Want to be the next Eludian guest on the All You Do internal podcast? Email read.younger at eludo.com. This email is linked in the podcast description. Thank you for tuning in to the internal All You Do podcast. Links are available from today's episode in the podcast description. Until next time, thank you for All You Do.